an hour of truth for the battered but proud people of the Empire State. From the financial and entertainment epicenter of New York City to the sleeping and empty small cities and towns of upstate, which once bustled with manufacturing, mining, and farming. We all know from inspiration, history, and nature, we deserve a return to the success and growth of generations past, a birthright being squandered by corruption in Albany, and the depredations of an insecure, scheming mountebank posing as governor, who loathes both us and himself. As liberty beckoned to enslaved peoples behind the Iron Curtain via American broadcasts after World War II, we now say, believe, rise, and join us. Welcome to Radio Free New York. Hey guys, welcome to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister, and I've got uh, Bob Savage here with me. Octung. There you go. Um, and, and as usual, as you guys can expect, Bob and I aren't actually physically here together. Uh, we are connected virtually over the internet, and uh, I think, fingers crossed, that my internet is going to behave today. So we'll, we'll see if that happens. <laughs> Yay! What's yeah. all hope, ladies and gentlemen? Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, y- you know, the big question that I think many people are asking themselves, uh, I-, I don't even think, I know that people are asking themselves, and asking not just themselves, but social media, the government, everybody, is when are things going to open up? I think that is one of the primary questions people have on their mind. Um, And we actually have a guest with us here today via phone. Um, We have Armando with us, who is putting together kind of like a protest or or a movement to have more businesses open up. Do we have him here on the line with us? Hey, Armando, go ahead. Yes, sir. I'm here. Awesome. Great. So why don't you tell us um, a little bit about, I, I think you guys are calling it Open Up New York. Is that correct? Yes. Open Up New York. We are essential. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And and actually, one of the things that uh, that I have been talking about is this idea of um, some businesses being essential and others not being essential, in my opinion, Everybody is essential. They're, we're essential to keep the economy going, to put food on our families' tables, uh, to pay our bills. So the idea that government's saying, uh, some of you are essential and some of you aren't, um, I, I definitely have an issue with. Um, so tell us about Open Up New York. We are essential. Well, it, it's going to be very simple. On May 1st, that's a Friday, there are a lot of uh, New Yorkers going to Albany to protest, but not everybody can go, especially if you own a business. Your doors may not be open for customers, but you're probably still there doing things that are necessary to your business. So I'm hoping it's a nice, sunny, warm Friday in May where business owners on Main Street everywhere in New York will just put their open signs out, light up their open signs, and uh, maybe even open their door so that they can let some fresh air in. Now, they don't have to wait on customers or do business, but they they should follow with the CDC and the uh, PAUSE New York guidelines have suggested. Um, And it's up to them. If anything, they can use it as an advertisement that, yeah, they're going to make it through 
this um, epidemic scare. Yeah. And they're, they're going to need our participation to keep them alive. So you're, you're, just for clarity here, Armando, it's Bob Savage again. You're, you're not advocating that anybody, you know, violate the uh, Andrew Cuomo decrees or, or anything like that. You basically, what you're trying to do here is make a statement. Yes. No, you can't violate the decrees because I don't think anybody really wants to test the waters. I'm not sure what the outcome would be, but it probably wouldn't be happy for a business owner. So it's a protest. If you don't want to open your door, at least put your open sign on. Um, you know, think about, I, I drive, I live in Canandaigua. I drive down Main Street. It's sad. Yeah, it's depressing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I can I can speak at least a little bit to one business that I know they tried to be open when uh, Cuomo, his majesty, said uh, you can't be and they actually sent people to their place of business and told them that if they didn't shut down, then their license to operate in New York State would be pulled. Um, and, and we've seen similar stuff like, um, you know, hair salons, hairstylists have been told that um, their license to cut hair would be revoked if they were caught cutting hair. Um, so, yeah, so we, we know what, what New York State wants to do. I, I love this concept. I, I hope that the small business owners who are listening right now um, consider participating in this and and really making a statement about, you know, just the idea that government has come in and said you are not allowed to conduct commerce. And I, I think that there's just a massive overreach on government. Um, there is at least one country that hasn't done this, and we're we're going to talk about this later in the show. Um, but not everywhere has shut down gyms and cafes and restaurants and movie theaters and all that. Some places have said, "Just be safe." You know, wear a mask, practice social distancing, wash your hands, um, do it voluntarily, and that's good enough. Whereas New York State has really come down with an iron fist. Um, shut down the economy for the most part, which you hear Cuomo saying often, I didn't shut down the economy. I just, you know, turned the nozzle and cut the flow way down. Uh, What's the difference? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What? Did you affect business, Andy, or didn't you? Look, I I understand uh, the the concept. Uh, And by the way, Armin, before before we get too far away from uh, Armin's uh, concept here, now you say that you live in Canandaigua and you go up and down the streets and you see everybody's closed, Armando. Have have you tried bouncing this idea off of... uh, off of any of your neighboring businesses there in the Canandaigua community, and have you gotten any reaction from them? I've talked to a few people. Um, the reaction has been um, both positive and negative. Uh, sadly, many business owners are afraid to upset customers, and they know that in Canandaigua there's a, a uh, widespread concern um, about spreading the virus. So if you go out to local businesses that are open, you'll see a lot more people wearing masks. So I think what I'd like to do besides using the radio is actually um, use the newspaper, the local newspaper to let business owners know and maybe even 
um, walk up and down Main Street and slide flyers under their door. Um, so I'm not quite, if you have any suggestions on how to uh, get to them, I thought maybe even Chamber of Commerces throughout these villages, Canandaigua, Victor, Fairport, they all have uh, local chambers. So I think that would be helpful, but I'm hoping that word of mouth uh, would be a good way to spread it. Well, Armando, I would suggest that you contact the news directors of the major TV stations, 81013 uh, Spectrum uh, 31, and uh, explain to them what you're trying to do and see if you can get, uh, see if you can get some news footage out there about the thing because I think that, that, would be, that would be good. And I'm sure Andrew's got some ideas about social media use. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. Make make a Facebook event, um, share it around, and then um, you know you could even email the link to the event to the Chamber of Commerces to to businesses, and just explain to them. I think the crucial part here that you want to lead with is um, making sure people understand that you're not asking them to break uh, the law currently, because I think that that is gonna be the biggest fear. Um, the small businesses, they're already suffering so much economically that they'd be worried that they'd be shut down permanently. So, so kind of leading with, hey, we're not asking you to break the law. We're just asking you to make a statement. Let people know that your small business still exists. You want to be open um, and you want to be a beacon in your community. That's a good idea. Um, we don't want anybody to get in trouble because I think we know that problem begins when a, one person does something that another person doesn't want them to do. Um, so sadly, um, I've heard reports from people that uh, work in the city, and there have been um, complaints about even pedestrians walking up and down Main Street or hanging out on the Canandaigua City Pier during this time. So, um, you know, being a, a business owner, you don't want to upset people. You want to welcome them. So I, you're right. The key is that we're not breaking any ordinances or any suggestions or executive orders. No, we, no I, I agree. I'm right. I, what you want to do is you want to get the message out there that at, at the earliest appropriate time, this has got to stop. Because people, you know, it, this is, uh, I heard this on another talk show being likened, the shutdown being likened to chemotherapy. Uh, th chemotherapy is poisonous and makes the, the patient sick. Uh, but uh, hopefully uh, it obviates a more serious condition, cancer or some other problem. And, you know, too much chemotherapy, you lose the patient anyway. And that's kind of... Uh, in an economic sense, what's happening. But we think it's a good idea, uh, and uh, we appreciate you get, taking time on the Radio Free New York and telling us about it. Well, yeah, thank, thank you. For... Thank you so much for joining us, Armando. Um, we're we're going to go ahead and cut to break here, guys. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Swedish model uh, because they've done something kind of similar to this and talk about uh, what Sweden looks like right now. So you guys are listening to Radio Free New York. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Radio Free New York. 
right, we are back here on Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister. And uh, I want to look at Sweden here for yeah, a moment. Real quick before you do that, uh, uh, Andrew, uh, the, the Andy show is on TV right now. We have the big uh, TV monitor in front of us here in the studio. And he's on there. He's He's got a quote up uh, from the decline and fall of the Roman Empire talking about how if people are, when people decide to be irresponsible, uh, when they think that freedom means freedom from uh, responsibility, that they become less free. So thanks, thanks very much for that, uh, Andrew. That's uh, profound. That's great. Interesting. So, so when people think freedom is freedom from responsibility, that's when they become less free. Yeah, it's, a, it's interesting. I'm paraphrasing something from the uh, decline and fall of the Roman Empire. So uh, he's likening his state to the Roman Empire. That's an. Uh, I would say that's an unfortunate comparison. Yeah, yeah. Didn't didn't the Roman Empire fall? Is yeah. That, is that, uh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> large, large, largely fell because of debauchery and corruption of government. But uh, mm. who's keeping track? You know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think there's a lot of it. Maybe we should do a show on that. Uh, you know, drawing parallels between the Empire State and the Roman Empire. Uh, that would probably make an interesting show. Did you see that his uh, uh, what what happened with his kid brother? No, what happened? Oh yeah, Chris Cuomo, the uh, the the fabled is he on CNN? I never watched those. Is he on MSNBC or CNN? I can't I remember no which. But anyway, he's on one of the lefty channels. So, and he's of course been a cause celeb because he has tested positive for coronavirus. So he's been quarantined. Well, it turns out that uh, Chris Cuomo apparently, you know, didn't observe the quarantine and got out uh, out of the house and drove out to his place in the Hamptons where he got into an altercation with some guy who was, you know, he was outside around his house out in the Hamptons, and some guy's pedaling by and says, hey, you're Chris Cuomo, you're, you know, you're coronavirus positive, you're supposed to be in quarantine. So he gets into this, uh, he gets into this altercation with this guy, uh, who goes on the record about the whole thing. Then he goes back to his place in Manhattan where he stages, he fakes his emergence uh, from uh, from the basement where he'd been quarantined away from, oh, I finally get to see my family. I finally get to see my kids. I get to see my wife. And he comes out, and the whole thing is faked, you know, for his uh, for his cable show. And he's been called on this whole thing. And, of course, Andrew Cuomo is just, like, blowing it off. Wow. No, that's that's crazy. I mean, so I, I know a few people who have been in quarantine not because they tested positive, but because they worked in the same building as somebody who tested positive. And they don't even know um, what contact they may have had with this person because because of HIPAA. They don't actually know who it is. They were just told, hey, you got to go quarantine. Somebody who you work with um, tested positive. And those so those people didn't even test positive themselves, and they've been – obeying quarantine and doing the right thing. Yeah. Uh, not, not with the elites, though. No, not, not with the liberal no, left-wing not. elites, because there's one set of rules for us and another set of rules for them. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's that's actually really upsetting. Um, and to be honest, uh, Andrew Cuomo, he, he should really call this out and just say, hey, this happened, it was wrong, it shouldn't have happened. Um, that would be the right thing to do. We'll see if that happens. I, I kind of suspect we're not going to see that. If, if, at best, you'll get some lip service, I'm sure. But anyway, go ahead with Sweden. What's going on with oh, bir- yeah, yeah. birdie, birdie, birdie coronavirus? Yeah, so so Sweden has adopted 
a pretty different model than the majority of the countries in the world. Um, they operated off of something that I think would be very successful. Uh, we won't know for probably a couple months, if not, you know, a year, if, if it was successful or not. Um, but they didn't shut down their economy. They allowed gyms and bars and schools, cafes, restaurants. Um, they allowed businesses to stay open. Uh, government didn't do any mandated shutdowns, any anything like that. Instead, they simply asked people to social distance and do the right thing voluntarily, um, which you guys know I'm a huge proponent of volunteerism. I think it's extremely important. I think government should be upfront and forward with information, upfront and forward with the risks, and then allow people who are consenting adults to make the decisions with their bodies um, that they believe are correct based on the information. And so here's the results that they have so far. People heard what the government had to say and said, you know what? Yeah, I'm voluntarily going to, you know, social distance and quarantine myself and try to, you know, stop the spread. So vacations dropped by 96% and travel went down by 75%. Now, here, here's the crazy thing about this. In New York State, we have kind of this mandated, they're not calling it a travel ban, but really you're only supposed to travel for essential things like going to the grocery store or going to the doctor if you can even see your doctor. A lot of doctors you can't even see. Um, or if you're a first responder or a hospital worker, you know, going to those places. Monroe County's travels only dropped 46%, and it's essentially mandatory. Where in Sweden... They just asked people and made it voluntarily, and they dropped by 75%. So uh, to me, that, that's just a shining example of, like, you know, I see people very often, because government is mandating wearing masks now in public, um, they're, they're like, no, I'm not going to do that. Why? Well, because government told me I had to do it, so now I'm not going to do it. Um, but I bet you more people would be apt if government said, hey, you know what? We think this is the right thing. Um, the research has come out. Actually, CDC did publish some research that um, definitely supports masks being uh, significantly more effective than they thought um, initially in helping reduce the spread, um, which is why you're starting to see them make a lot of shifts. I don't think uh, World Health Organization... Uh, has made the change yet, but the CDC has published um, seven different studies that all agree that wearing masks uh, should have been done much earlier on and could have prevented a lot of things. Um, unfortunate that we're getting this data now, but hey, whatever. You know, we have it now. Um, but Sweden, they just put the information out there. People decided they were going to do it. Well, so I, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe it uh, has to do with population density. My impression is that Sweden's population density is not similar to what we have in New York State. Um, you know, maybe it's a, a smaller, more dispersed population. I don't know. I, I mean, it, you know, you, it all depends on which studies you believe. There's studies out there who say that, which say that face masks are really effective. There's studies out there that show that uh, the opposite, that say that, you know, because of the the difference in physical characteristics among people, that the safe social distancing uh, perimeter may be 12 feet and maybe 9 feet. 
and maybe 15 feet. You know, it depends on how tall you are and how violent your sneeze is or, or your cough. So, uh, you know, I mean, is it better than nothing? I suppose. Uh, the best thing to do is if you're sick, don't go out. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I, I think that the the biggest thing that I think it makes coronavirus an issue is that for 10 days you're infected and infectious, but you don't know it. You don't have symptoms yet. And and that's what the CDC is now focusing on. They're saying, yeah, you know, we told people not to wear masks unless they're sick, but for over a week they're sick and they don't know. So we should have been telling people wear a mask anyways, even if you don't feel like you're sick, because you might be sick for 10 days. Um, you're, talking so about the, it's, it's, you're talking about the shedding of virus, uh, that, you, that you shed virus. But my understanding is that you only, that you only shed virus, that the... Uh, the typical transmission method is through droplets, through coughing and sneezing. So, you know, if you're positive and you're not symptomatic, you're not coughing and sneezing, you, you, the likelihood that you're going to spread coronavirus is, is very small. I know. Yeah, I mean, could, it, it depends, depends, I depends on yeah. the studies you believe, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, this is what the CDC is saying now. Um, I don't know what would have changed their their position other than them feeling that uh you know maybe they should have had that position before i i don't know i'm not a doctor see Uh, and this is another problem that breeds suspicion about all this data is this constantly changing narrative yeah no absolutely and i think it's going to continue to change the more information we get the more likely it's going to be to change um two years from now we'll be like wow we had it so wrong look this was actually the answer All right, guys, you're listening to Radio Free New York. When we come back, I'm going to tell you what the results are in Sweden so far, and then we're going to talk about elective surgeries. We'll be back in a moment on Radio Free New York. New York. All right. Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister. We're uh, just talking a little bit about some things that we've seen Sweden do that are very different than what's happening in New York. For starters, they didn't shut the economy down. No mandatory shutdowns of quote unquote non essential businesses. Um, no mandatory mask wearing laws, not, nothing like that. Um, no fines if you're not appropriately social distancing. Instead, they just said, hey, uh, you know, it would be great if you guys social distanced and here's the data that we as the government have. This is what you can do to reduce the spread. Um, please do this voluntarily. And people did. Vacations dropped by 96%. Travel dropped by 75%. Um, And it's too early to really see if this impact will be different than ours or not. Um, But as of Sunday, their their whole country has only got 1,500 deaths, which is not only significantly less than Spain, Italy, and the UK, um, 
it's also significantly less percentage-wise. So it's not just um, like, oh, they're a smaller country so or less population, so the number's less. Percentage-wise, every aspect so far, um, their their percentage is less. And in, in addition to that, um, they think that they've already hit their apex and that they've already plateaued and that they are going to start going down in cases. Now, this could change. These are all very preliminary numbers. And even the Swedish government said themselves, like, hey, um, we can't take these numbers um, as and analyze them just yet to say that things are indeed better here. Um, they, they won't know for months and months. We won't know for months and months. But this is something that we should all be thinking about, looking at, in in assessing as time goes on, because if the Sweden model did indeed work and work significantly better and they didn't shut down their economy, um, that would mean that our government really, really went the wrong way on this. And I think a lot of New Yorkers already feel that way about Cuomo's policies. Well, it's interesting. You know, I just pulled this up while, while you've been talking about this. Sweden resisted a lockdown and its capital, Stockholm, is expected to reach herd immunity in weeks. Uh, the chief uh, epidemiologist in Sweden has said herd immunity has been their objective. So what they were aiming at was building a broad base of immunity while protecting at-risk groups like the elderly. Now, this has been controversial, but it's very interesting to see what the results are because instead of, you know, just everybody hunkering down in their homes and trying to protect yourself, you can't hide from the virus, by the way, folks. And, yep. <laughs> and you're, the, the virus is going to disseminate throughout the population, no matter what we do, because that's just what they do. The whole flattening the curve thing, there's a popular misconception about that. People think that that means that as you flatten the curve, that means fewer people are going to get the infection, which is not true. All it does, all flattening the curve means, is we're going to spread the spread out. We're going to, we're going to spread the, the, uh, the infection rate out over a time continuum so that we don't overload the healthcare industry, so we don't you know, overpopulate the hospitals. Seems like that's been happening with a vengeance because now we have lower than expected, lower than typical occupancy rates in upstate hospitals. Hospitals are laying people off because yeah, uh, yeah. That, that, and that's talking about filing for bankruptcy. Yeah, one, one reason why uh, Andy Cuomo wants to to uh, uh, okay elective surgeries once again is because the hospitals don't have enough business to you know to to stay financially stable. So anyway, back to Sweden though. I mean. Uh, uh, I, I, I let's just see, I can see what the population is. Is this right? 10.23 million Sweden population. Hmm. Uh, Seems it like a low number. Um, it does seem low. Yeah. But, 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 uh, in, in any case, uh, very informative to see that the, the whole idea of, you know, herd humidity means that you now have antibodies disseminated through the population, which, is the most effective way to stop the spread of coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. So so this is to me very interesting. Once again, they didn't shut down their economy. They they allowed people to voluntarily quarantine if they wanted to, ask people social distance, but they kept businesses open. They kept schools open. They kept hospitals open. They kept the gyms open. Um and statistically speaking as of today, 
they've had much better success. Now, they did say that they feel like they could have done a better job protecting their elderly population. And that's something that they're working on. They want to come up with a better policy for it. They're figuring that out. Um, but but I got to say, if if this ends, you know, say three, four months from now, and they look at the numbers and Sweden's economy is booming and carrying on um, and and they've had very minimal deaths comparatively, say per hundred thousand people or per million people. Um, and we sit here in New York and the United States and our economy is totally trashed. We're sitting in a recession that's going to last eight years to 18 months to maybe much longer than that. Sorry, eight months, not eight years. Um, you know, I, I think there's going to be some serious questions here about, you know, what government is really doing. Government's answer is let's use force. Let's use fines. Let's shut things down. Let's be tyrannical and yeah. draconian. Authoritarian. And let's lock it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and if Sweden proves all that wrong, uh, which I think they will, by the way, um, th there's going to be a, a lot of questions asked. And I, I do wonder, um, I, I was talking about this a little bit off air yesterday, but I wonder if the business owners in New York State will be able to file like a class action lawsuit or something like that against a state government and the Cuomo administration for shutting down their businesses. I don't think so. Uh, you know, you, you have to see that the results were foreseeable for what they did. Uh, and I, I think you'd have some problems with that as a, as a legal claim. First of all, don't forget sovereign immunity, which means you can't sue the government without the government's permission. The government is not going to give you permission to sue them over this. I guarantee you that. Uh, what they'll try to do is come up with another aid plan. But here's another fun fact, by the way, which has just recently come out. Study at Stanford, okay, uh, that posits that the real – propagation of coronavirus through the general population is 50 to 80 times what was initially thought. In other words, it's everywhere. It's just everywhere. Not 50 to 80% higher, 50 to 80 times what the original estimates were. If that's the case, then the death rate is like a tiny fraction. It's one one hundredth of the infection rate of the flu. Yeah. yeah. So there, there's, there's more you know, uh, uh, information to ponder. By the way, the population of Sweden is 10 million. I just confirmed million. So that. So half, half the size of New York State. Half the, half, um, yeah, right. Yeah. How, how big is their country? Is it about the size of New York? I don't, I, I, I closed that window. So uh, it's, oh. yeah, it's obviously a small population. But uh, that doesn't mean that the data is not, you know, you can't extrapolate that out of the population here. Yeah, well, I mean, so we've got, what, uh, about 15,000 deaths, maybe more at this point. It doesn't look like the numbers are updating in, in the state, anymore. In the state or in the uh, country? No, just in New York State. Oh, okay, I'll look it up. Because the, the, the last numbers that I recall from, I think, Monday um, was 10,000 in New York City, 4,000 in upstate. Uh, so I think I think we're we're going to be over that would be my assumption unless, you know, it's slowed down that much. Um, but if you take Sweden's population and you double it that to match our population, that would be 3,000 deaths versus, you know, the 15,000 we've had. 
Now, of course, there's other questions like, you know, how dense are some of their metropolitan areas? New York City is very dense. Um, but even upstate New York, I mean, upstate can be pretty rural, and we've got 4,000 deaths in upstate. Um, so, you know, the numbers we won't know until, you know, like I said, months from now, maybe even years from now. But it does look like Sweden's policies are working. Mm-hmm. And ours are less effective. Yeah, New York State fourteen thousand eight twenty eight. Yeah, there we go. So almost almost fifteen thousand. Um, you know, the CEO of Volvo, which had um voluntarily closed down some of their factories in Sweden while this was going on. Um and and he he had this quote in the article that I was reading about this. I read a couple of them, but this stood out to me. He said, "Our measures are all based on individuals taking responsibility, and that is also an important part of the Swedish model." You know, it, wouldn't it be great if the United States government and New York State government would say, "Hey, you know what? Let's allow people to voluntarily make their decisions." be responsible for themselves and their own lives um, and and things would be better. I, I wish we could have that here. I really do. All right, guys, you're listening to Radio Free New York. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about elective surgeries reopening in New York State. We'll be back in a moment. And on Radio Free New York, we send a shout-out to our fine affiliates along the network line, The Patriot, 1230, 1450, on 106.9 in Elmira, and uh, WACK in Wayne County, 1420 AM, 96.9 FM. Radio Free New York. All right. Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister. New York State shut down elective surgeries for hospitals, which, uh, you know, if if you get the chance to learn a little bit on how hospitals operate, that's really the thing that keeps the lights on for them. Um, the elective surgeries is where they make their money. Uh, and elective surgery is a surgery that's not life-threatening, um, you know, not an immediate need, but is definitely like a quality of life thing. Think of, uh, you know, a knee surgery, um, you know, a- any number of surgeries that you don't need to have to save your life. However, they make your life much better, help you um, fix something, get out of pain, those sort of things. Those are elective surgeries. And when this COVID-19 coronavirus thing happened, Cuomo said, uh, hospitals, you're going to be overran with this virus. You won't be able to handle anything but the virus. So I want you to shut down all elective surgeries. No more. Yeah, right. And, uh, well, the result is um, some of the hospitals are now in a spot where they're talking about filing bankruptcy. They've furloughed or laid off tons and tons of employees, some 25%. Um, one hospital said they're losing $180,000 a day because they can't do these surgeries. Um, other hospitals are talking about if they don't get a federal bailout, then they're filing for bankruptcy and they will shut down. So it's it's really a bad situation. And what's worse is, especially in upstate New York, because downstate it sounds like their hospitals are, are pretty well full. But in upstate New York, these hospitals are just saying empty right now. Yeah. Because some of these counties have like 
you know, like less than 50 cases. You don't need a whole hospital for 50 people. Right, exactly. And 50 cases doesn't mean 50 people in the hospital. Most of the people who get uh, uh, coronavirus, uh, just they basically deal with the symptoms at home. I think the figure I saw was 80%. Here's here's something else that's kind of troubling too. Just looking through the, just letting my fingers do the walking here through the CDC website. Here's a table: deaths involving coronavirus disease uh, uh, shows twenty one thousand oh five oh as of uh, the twenty second of April. But the, the, see, the operative word here is involving. You know, we, yeah. th- this is this is what the concern has been that they're cooking the books here. Because anybody who dies from any cause whatsoever, if they test positive for coronavirus, gets dumped into the coronavirus COVID uh, death stats. But they didn't die from it. Yeah, yeah. And and we've we've talked about that a couple times, especially the the car accident cases that they've recorded as coronavirus cases it's like clearly this person did not die of coronavirus they died of you know hitting a barrier at 65 miles per hour um you know so the the numbers i think a lot of people are when when they know about that information they are questioning the numbers and wondering um if the numbers are inflated it seems that they are and if they are how inflated are they and how um overly heavy-handed has the government's response been? Because you know the government has got to have access to actual data, better data than we can see. Um, and and they're making their decisions based on this. So I, I think it's, it's a question that we should be constantly asking and looking for um, better transparency and more truth from government. Yeah, and again, more troubling trends on this whole thing from our friendly friends at the CDC. They were out in the morning news today speculating about, well, you know, uh, coronavirus could come back this fall. And if it does, it's really going to complicate uh, the, uh, the flu season. Flu season with coronavirus could really be deadly. That's, look, that's speculation. I'm sorry. That's not what we need right now. We don't need, you know, uh, Dr. Doom, Dr. Fauci, out there projecting something that may not happen on people. Same for the CDC. And, of course, this is gleefully jumped on by the news media. Yeah, and and I tell you what, I mean, all their modeling and numbers have so far been off. Wildly Um, off. In some cases, wildly off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, they, they might be looking at something like Spanish flu and the fact that Spanish flu came back in the fall, but if they're not providing us transparency and additional information as to why they believe that that would happen again, then yeah, I I think it's very irresponsible for government to start making suggestions that will cause people to make more decisions based on fear because people do not make good decisions based on fear. They make very bad decisions based on fear. Um, So we should not be driving any unnecessary fear, especially if it's not warranted, um, I think it's important if, if there truly is a risk, then they should tell us that there truly is a risk and tell us why. Um, but if they're just saying, oh, you know, maybe possibly this could happen, this is not the time for that. This is the time for transparency 100%. Like, they need to not be just putting out conjecture 
you know, things that would be like a good media story. Um, it needs to be just upfront, honest truth so that people can make decisions um, appropriately. Well, we, we know, I do want. Yeah, no, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I, I do want to read to you guys real quick. Um, the clear is mud uh, directives from huh. Cuomo on <laughs> whether or not a, a hospital can have these elected surgeries. Because I, I don't know that I can make heads or tails of it. And maybe if I read it out loud, it'll, uh, it'll make more sense. All right. So hospitals will be able to resume performing elective outpatient treatments on April 28th. If the hospital capacity is over 25% for the county and if there have been fewer than 10 new hospitalizations of COVID-19 patients in the county over the past 10 days. If a hospital is located in a county eligible to resume elective outpatient treatments, but that hospital has a capacity under 25% or has had more than 10 new hospitalizations, in the past 10 days, that hospital is not eligible to resume elective surgeries. Um, and then it goes on. It's It's got even more kind of gibberish. But basically, if I understand this, any hospital that gets an average of one patient a day with COVID-19 over 10 days is not going to be able to have their elective surgeries. True. But uh, I, I think that if you're, if you're looking at most upstate uh, hospitals, that metric that you just described, I think that that eliminates uh, any problem with elective surgery in all but two upstate counties. I know Yates is one of them. And I can't remember what the other one is, maybe Orleans. Uh, but uh, in other words, every every county in upstate New York, with the exception of those two counties, you'll be able to have elective surgeries. Now, here's the tricky part in that whole thing. You notice that they use the term outpatient. Now, mm. I heard Andy explaining this uh, earlier today. Andy Cuomo was saying, well, we got to make sure that those beds are available for this onslaught of, of uh, COVID patients, which we all pretty much sense right now is not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And I actually do have the list here of counties that they will not allow to do elective surgeries period mm -hmm. that's the bronx queens rockland nassau clinton yates westchester albany richmond schuyler kings suffolk new york duchess sullivan ulcer erie orange and uh rensselaer counties will not be able to do elective surgeries at all even if they meet the okay threat. so you got three counties in the listing area here uh for the show which would be affected so schuyler would be watkins glen montour falls uh erie county of course is buffalo and then yates county where there's only i think yeah. there's only one hospital i think that's uh uh is that soldiers and sailors i think it is in penian Mm, could be. What about Erie? Do we reach Erie? I'm not even no, sure. Not, not, no, not particularly. Sure. But. No, no. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us here on Radio Free New York. We'll be back same time, same place tomorrow.